Shalom Aleichem, Mishnah continues for Shabbat Devarim, Shabbat Chazon. We have a lot of Devarim to get into. We are holding in Chapter 1 of Beta Mishnah 4. Zimen Shechorim, he designated darker colored doves or birds. Remember, we talked about yesterday, Machlok is about how to designate the birds, living birds in your bird coop that you intend to eat on Yom Tov, the next day, you designate them in advance. So what happens if he was designated darker colored birds? And matzah levonim, and he found lighter colored birds. Levonim, matzah shechorim, or vice versa. Or shnaim, he designated two birds, matzah shlosha. He found three birds. Now that might sound even wonderful. You've got even more birds here, but the Mishnah says asurim. All the birds are asur to yours on Yom Tov. They haven't been designated. The concern is... The birds you actually picked, Erev Yom Tov, to eat on Yom Tov, have waddled away, and these are actually new birds. Now, I say waddled because the Gemara explains the cases. These are fairly young birds that don't really fly yet. They don't go so far. And also dealing with a case where there's no other dovecote with other birds you did not designate within 50 amot. So these birds that came in, they likely are completely foreign birds, and so it could be your birds left and new birds came in. Now the Mishnah says a case of, shl- of Shlosha, Matzah Shnaim, he designated three birds, and then the next day on Yantav he found only two birds, Mutari. Those two birds are still Mutar. We assume that the third bird designated just wandered off. It's not like the case where he only designated two and found three, where a new bird has come in. So perhaps a lot of new birds came in. And you're really not sure which ones you designated. Mishnah continues, He designated birds inside the coop or inside the crevice. Matzah can be found them outside in front. Asurim. So it could have been your birds literally flew the coop or waddled off from the coop. And new birds have come in and they're just hanging out in front of the coop. If there's no other birds in the area, just these birds you had in the coop. No, no non-designated birds here. Harilumitarin. So these birds right in front, we're going to be able to assume that there's no other birds in the area, that these are the same birds you designated, and you can enjoy them for Yom Tov. So that bird has flown onto Mishnah Hevet Shammai Omrim, Ein Misolkin Etatrisim B'Yom Tov. We do not detach the shutters on Yom Tov. Now the first thing we explain, these are sort of large doors that a vendor uses for his booth. It could be like selling spices or food items that are mutter to sell on Yom Tov. And of course, they'll do the, the cheshbo and the money afterwards. And these vendors would have like a large cabinet or a storefront with these shutters closing the, the box or the cabinets or the, or the store. And you'd take off the shutter and then you'd put it down uh, flat as a table and you'd put your wares on the table. So the issue Beit Shammai has with removing these shutters and putting them up is it looks like demolishing when you remove the shutters. And then when you put them back, it looks like building. Beit Hillel says you could take them down and then you can put the shutters back on when you're done. Now the Gemara explains we're dealing with a case of a single pin or single hinge holding on these trees and these shutters. They say if there's no hinges at all, and they're just sort of laying there, then they would agree it's mutter. It doesn't really look like a building. If there's two hinges, they would agree it's definitely usser, even to take them off, because dealing with two pins or two points of contact with the doors definitely looks like building and demolishing. It's, it's rabbinically, uh, and it, but it, it looks quite like building and demolishing. You know, putting a hanging a front door on your house is definitely building. So it's a case where there's one pin holding these trees on where they have this machlokis. If it's 
if it's suitable to, it looks enough like building and demolishing that Beit Shammai would make a gezerah not to do it even with one pin. Now the mission brings another case, Beit Shammai Omrim, ain't notly neta eili, the kotziv alav basar. You can't take a large pestle, it's sort of a big, thick board to chop meat on it, because this pestle is usually used for grinding, for grinding like industrial quantities here. So it's it's technically muksa. Behilo says it's allowed because you're using it litzorech gufo, a concept we mentioned in Masechet Shabbat about muksa. If it's a kli you can use for its own use, then yeah, it's muksa to move it, but if you need to actually use it, then it would be allowed. An example would be you, a hammer is muksa, but if you have a walnut, you could pick up the hammer to open the walnut. The Barnur here explains that Beit Shammai wouldn't agree to Beit Hill because this is not just an ordinary beam. This is like an industrial size, expensive machinery kind of component. So it'd be like muksa machmat chesron kis, it's expensive. So you wouldn't usually use it for chopping. And the Mishnah goes on, Beit Shammai Orim, ain't noting that the orlif nea dorsing. If you slaughter an animal on Yom Tov, you can't set out the hide, you know, out, outside where people are going to walk on it. Now, actually walking over a hide or beating it or trampling on it was the first step in the tanning process to sort of soften it up and prevent it from uh, decaying. And you can't pick it up again. You know, if, if you drop the hide uh, on Shabbat, you can't even pick it up unless it has a kazayit, an olive's bulk of meat on it, because then it's technically food. It's bottled to the food. Betelo allows both to put the hide out to be walked on and to pick up the hide, uh, because they say there's a big loss if somebody slaughters an animal on Yantav. It's a nice, beautiful deer, delicious, but they can't set the hide out, which is normally done, and they can't pick up the hide anymore. It's muksa. Then they might they might not want to shek to the animal in the first place. They're not going to have any meat on Yom Tov. And to not have any meat during the nine days before Tisha B'Av, you know, except for Shabbat we do, but to not have during the weekdays, okay, that, that we understand, but to not have meat on Yom Tov, that's like, oi. So Beit Hillel would allow it because of Simchat Yom Tov. We want people to be able to enjoy their meat and not worry about wasting the hide that comes with it. Finally, Beit Shammai Omrim ain't motzin loa takaton v'loa talulav v'lo save et sefer Torah l'rishut rabbim. It says on Yom Tov we don't carry out a child or a lulav or a Torah scroll into a rishut rabbim into a public domain because this is a malacha of hotzah we discussed in detail in Masechet Shabbat. Now what's going on is we know that certain malachot are allowed on Yom Tov for ochel nefesh for food preparation for cooking. But Beit Shammai says that hutzah is not one of these things, that carrying your, your child or your lulav is not involved in food preparation. Beit Hillel Matiri, Beit Hillel allows us to carry these things into Rishut Rabbim. He says a famous mitoch. The word mitoch means basically since. And it's short for mitoch shahutra letzorech, since it's allowed for a certain need, the need of cooking, the need of ochel nefesh, hutranami shalol letzorech. It's also allowed for not that need. So since you could carry things in Rishut Rabim that are food preparation related, you can also carry things in Rishut Rabim when there is a need for it on Yom Tov, to carry your child uh, to shul, to carry your lulav to shul, to carry a safer Torah somewhere. That would definitely be an allowed use. Of course, Beit Hillel would agree, if it's something you don't need on Yom Tov, there's no Yom Tov use, you should not be carrying that in the street. Yashar Kohachem and Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbos.